Welcome to the ACCP Resident Fellowship Podcast, a podcast for residents by residents. My name is Christian Kroll, and I'm the current PGY2 Emergency Medicine Clinical Pharmacy Resident at UW Health in Madison, Wisconsin. We'll be joined on the show today by Dr. Aaron Davinoffin, who is the current postdoctoral clinical pharmacology fellow and fourth-year PhD student at the UNC Eshelman School of Pharmacy. Welcome, Aaron. Thanks for having me, Christian. It's a pleasure to be here. Now, for today's podcast, we are going to be discussing the PharmD to Research and Beyond pathway. And we'll also be discussing how pharmacists can be involved and use this pathway to further expand their research and investigative skills. Now, Aaron, would you be able to discuss your background within the pharmacy profession, your current and previous research experience, and why you chose to pursue the PhD pathway after achieving your PharmD? Sure, absolutely. So I graduated from pharmacy school at the University of Pittsburgh in 2016, then came down here to UNC Hospitals to complete my PGY-1 from 2016 to 2017. After that, I matriculated into the PhD program here at the School of Pharmacy, like you mentioned. I had a number of different projects I was working on during pharmacy school, as well as residency, to get me really exposed to research. And my research now focuses on factors that affect antiretroviral distribution to organs that house latent HIV, known as reservoirs. And these are the main barriers to a cure for HIV, as well as an important area of research. And actually, with my own backstory, it's funny because when I was a fourth-year pharmacy student, which seems like forever ago, I was interested in pursuing a research fellowship versus a PhD, since I felt that would be the natural next step after residency. But when I thought about the pathway that I wanted to pursue, which was, you know, academia and running my own research program, the PhD route was a more appropriate pathway for me, and that was actually encouraged when I spoke with faculty both at Pittsburgh as well as here at UNC. Thank you, Aaron, for providing that backstory about your professional pharmacy involvement and what drove you to become involved in research and then pursue a PhD. I think a great way to start our time together today would be if you could help me define the differences and similarities between a fellowship and a PhD program. I have heard and been exposed to a decent amount of fellowship programs within the field of pharmacy, but have not been nearly as exposed to the PhD programs that are available. Yeah, that's a really great question. I know over the past like decade plus, there's been literature to kind of tease out the differences between the two pathways, pros and cons, et cetera. And I think one of the biggest similarities between these two pathways is that they both work towards achieving the same goal, which is to prepare the next generation of pharmaceutical and clinical scientists. And the difference here really revolve around how they go about doing that. So research fellowships are shorter in time by comparison. We're looking at like two years versus maybe even five years for a PhD. Another big difference is what they, the fellowships actually entail. Fellowships, in my opinion, are heterogeneous, which provides flexibility within them, but it's not actually standardized across the board. And so this really just means that if you as an individual need to research what the fellowship years will provide you in order for you to match what you get out of them. By contrast, the PhD route, the one that I'm in, tends to be a little bit more standardized via the requirements, as well as the set skill set you will have obtained after attaining the degree. And that actually leads to the other main difference, which is a degree. And this was a selling point for me because when you see a PhD, it's understood for you what occurred in order to obtain it via its inherent standardization. Now, fellowships are, of course, rigorous, but it's not altogether readily obvious just by seeing it. It's not a deal breaker by any means, but it just requires additional context which you have to be able to provide. Both pathways are great as they help you develop your research skills. 
And I also use this term, quote unquote, research very broadly. So at its core, research is just asking a question and taking the steps to answer that question. And along the way is a bunch of reading and critical thinking, which I'm sure as a resident you're all too familiar with. Thank you for that clarification, Aaron. That really helps me picture the programs and the opportunities of each individual one. Now, in addition, we recently produced a podcast where we discussed academia as a pharmacy profession. And in that discussion, we talked about how research is a fundamental piece of faculty development. Aaron, would you be able to expand upon how your research and other work has expanded since your time in residency? And would you be able to also discuss how you have gone about expanding your research through collaboration within your pharmacy network through professional organizations such as ACCP? Yeah, absolutely. And I remember listening to that podcast. It was a great one. I would, of course, agree that research is a fundamental piece of faculty development. And as someone who's pursuing academia following my PhD, I'm very acutely aware of that. In residency and really even in pharmacy school, my research interests were in infectious diseases. And having a clinical background going into research is really helpful because when you have these conversations with research collaborators, who, by the way, may or may not have a clinical background, you really do bring a lot to a table. Furthermore, you are able to contextualize your research projects, which is great when you start thinking about pitching larger projects. Research skills, in my opinion, tend to be more technical versus situational with clinical experiences. And the analogy that I like to use is like learning how, how to throw a football versus when to throw a football. So more than likely, research in residency will be related to a therapeutic area that you have an interest in. So if you're interested in ID or you're a PGY2 ID resident, your PGY1 or PGY2 project would most likely be an ID. And as you're working through the project and acquiring that knowledge that you need in order to actually conduct the research, you might start to think, oh, I wish I could look at that, or it could be interesting to see how A affected B. What you're experiencing right there in that moment is the beginning of forming research questions. And this is great because when you present the work at a conference or even a poster, a podium presentation, what have you, colleagues are going to notice you. And it's during these conversations with them as part of the just general networking at the conference, you can talk about your future directions in the work and the opportunities for growth. And if you show that you've actually thought about this, that really helps your case and facilitates that collaboration, either as a resident going into a potential job or even as a new faculty member expanding your research skills. Long before the pandemic, ACCP held an annual virtual poster symposium in the spring. This year, posters will be on display May 24th through May 30th, 2021 for asynchronous viewing and comment. In addition, two interactive sessions will be held on May 25th and May 26th from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. Eastern time when authors and their virtual posters will be available for real-time online question and answer interactions on the evening of their choice. Attend the session, learn about current and ongoing research, and start preparing for your abstract submission for spring 2022. Thank you, Aaron, for your insight into how to expand your research experience and how to expand your network to bring in other pharmacists around you to your work. Now, I think a major avenue for additional research that pharmacists can continue to expand on is collaborating with other health professionals with their research. Would you be able to describe how you have expanded upon this while in your PhD program? Yeah, of course. So this has been great for me because it sharpens the clinical knowledge and further contextualizes the importance of the work. So as I mentioned before, this is like knowing when to throw a football. So here what I've done is I've collaborated with ID clinician scientists who had backgrounds in immunology to help me understand the nuances of the immune system in the context of HIV, which is important 
uh, to understand the dynamics of the reservoirs that I had mentioned at the beginning and the core of my dissertation. So in this case, you can imagine that you know, you're on the clinical team as part of your day-to-day -day work. Uh, obviously, you will have formed relationships with the team as part of that. If you're thinking about research ideas, you can have a low-stakes conversation about the ideas with someone with whom you're familiar. And then you can tap into their networks too. And the key here is that it isn't forced and it's very organic. And when that happens, it will feel less like a burden and more about just working with someone. And so having a champion will be really helpful in order to do this, whether that be a fellow pharmacist colleague or someone on the medical team. And this honestly happens all the time. But if you think about it early, it can potentially help with the faculty searches since you'll have a better idea of what you want and the collaborative nature of the medical team. Thank you, Aaron, for that great description about how to expand pharmacist research ability. Now, would you also be able to discuss how you have been mentored as both a clinical preceptor and a research mentor, and how you then have used that in your training to mentor others? Well, Christian, as you know, the core residency is really receiving feedback. And that's really the case here for research, too. And I really felt that residency primed me incredibly well to receive daily feedback and evaluation to the point where I can now really evaluate myself. And I think the one thing that has been really helpful for me is that you just have to be honest with yourself, which is what I tell you know, those I mentor. You have to ask yourself what you're good at, what you need to improve on, and then you gotta write it down so that you have it in your mind. And as a pharmacy student and resident, I would be asked how something went or how I think I did, whether that be a presentation, a physician interaction, something with the team, what have you. And this is helpful because it forced me to self-diagnose and think through the experiences. Now, when you do that consistently, as you do during those times, you become more adept at identifying those weaknesses and independently improving them without prompts. And this is that self-directed growth that's part of lifelong learning. And that's actually allowed me to thrive well during my research-focused training and something that I paid forward. Finally, if a student or resident is interested in research, that then wants to pursue a fellowship or a PhD program after their residency or after they graduate from their PharmD program, what can they do now to prepare for that future research? Yeah, so since we're nearing the end of the residency year here, uh, residents across the country might be working to complete their projects. And I'm sure part of the requirement, as it was for me, is to put together a manuscript or report of some type, which will incorporate what the research means and the limitations therein. And so these limitations that you described can spur future research endeavors. So maybe you could have looked at more variables, but you just simply didn't have the time over the course of just one year. And there's a lot of barriers to that kind of learner-directed research, time, of course, being the big one. So really examining your project as a resident and having that serve as a springboard for future research ideas is great. Plus, if you mention that to your current RPD, for instance, you already have someone with whom you can collaborate right from the get-go, which is great to potentially perform multi-institutional studies if you go that route. Now, if you're seeking to obtain specific research skills via fellowship, for instance, uh, then you have to think about how you want to do it. And the timing's a little odd here in the spring-summer, uh, but maybe you do want to do a fellowship, which is great. You can start thinking about a smaller project to work on in your new job uh, for those who are PGY2s now or during your PGY2 if you're completing your PGY1, which you probably have to do anyway. With the PhD, it's a more serious question because, like I said before, this is going to be close to like a five-year period, and that's not an overnight decision. You really have to think about it. I personally had gone into residency 
uh, with the mindset of going between fellowship or PhD since I was interested in pursuing research afterwards. And of course, you might come to the conclusion that neither pathway is something you want to do, which is also totally fine. You just have to make sure that if you do want to perform research, that there is someone who can help you. And that's a key part. That's where your more senior colleagues, whether that be at the hospital uh, or the Associated School of Pharmacy, uh, or even those on your medical team will be of great assistance, just someone you can speak to. If you're willing to put forth the effort, which honestly I have no doubt we can given that we're pharmacists, there's always going to be a way. Awesome. Thank you, Aaron, for your wealth of information and providing a great review of research practices and the benefits of continued education through fellowship and PhD programs that are available to pharmacy students and residents. Anytime. And thanks again for having me on the podcast. Thank you for listening to this month's episode of the ACCP Resident and Fellowship Podcast, a podcast for residents by residents. For more episodes and other resident and fellow resources, visit our website at www.accp.com backslash resfell. Thank you for listening to an ACCP podcast for residents by residents. Our theme music is titled Jupiter Smile by the 126ers and is provided through YouTube's free audio library. Please subscribe to the ACCP podcast to be notified of new episodes.